Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's almost unheard of not to drink, or at least that is changing now. But it, in the past, if you didn't drink, what was wrong with you? You must be a bad alcoholic. You poor thing. You can't drink. Like it's a reward. Welcome to Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens, and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now, don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Welcome back to the OMB podcast. I'm, I, I'm your host, Jen Fairbairns. And today I've got a very special person here with me. She is an incredible woman. She is very much part of the OMB community. Janet White, she is a nurse, a coach, and she is an author. She released her first book earlier this year. We'll talk a bit more about that later. And also, she is a devoted grandma. And this last piece is something that really set her on her trajectory to an alcohol-free life. And I can't wait for you to hear her super inspiring story. So without further ado, Janet White. How are we Hi. doing, Janet? <laughs> Good, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. I am thrilled to be on here. It's like meeting the people that changed my life. So <laughs> thank you for Wonderful. having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And 
I would love to honor the fact that you've been so patient. We're also rearranging this, but the, the grace that you've shown us is incredible. But one thing that doesn't falter ever with you seems to be the dedication to the OMB community. You know, you have been part of, of our community for quite some time. You're really involved. So I'm going to let you kind of let, lo- let loose and tell your story from where this came from, where, how you ended up sitting here with your headphones, speaking to me on this podcast today. And, um, you know, cause I feel like the story is always better told from the source itself. So Janet, let's go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jen. So yeah, I, I do love, um, when you're no beer and it really did change my life. So I guess, you know, the, our journey is always, um, it's never linear, is it? It's always start and go and stop and start and a lot of things. But um, I guess I look back and think about the major events in my life. And I have to say that I got married young, um, probably already had some self-esteem issues going on and married the perfect narcissist (laughs) uh, and was somewhat the frog in the pot um, putting up with a lot of, uh, verbal and, um, even physical abuse for 25 years. So, I mean, that's kind of sitting where I am now. I, I find it hard to believe that I even lived that life. It's so foreign to me at this point, but, um, what I want to really focus on is not really the abuse and the things that happen, although that did shape me, no doubt. Um, I had a beautiful daughter. I still, you know, she's, she's wonderful. She's given me two beautiful grandchildren. Uh, but I left about 13 years ago. And I think that's really when the self-development and the whole journey started. Um, so I was in my late forties and it was a violent situation I had to get out of. And then I had to really find myself. Who am I? For years, I had kind of been told, you know, you're not very smart, you're this or that. And those things eat away, especially when you've already probably had a little bit of self-doubt going on. Um, So it took me a long time to get to the place uh, where I could be where I am today. And that is comfortable in my own skin. I never thought I'd be there. But I used alcohol on the way. Obviously, when I got out of the marriage, I was trying to find my way. A little bit of it was, hey, party on. I got married young and check me out. Uh, and I used it to comfort myself. And and it rocked on and really became a part of my uh, life. It became my next abusive lover. How's that? <laughs> Mm. And so it was, it was, uh, it was my best friend kind of to, you know, calm me down, to give me the uh, courage that I needed. Um, but I was a, I was a busy, successful individual who worked hard, never had a DUI, never had any kind of financial issues or problems with alcohol. I just like to drink. I was one of those people, Jen, you know, I was the drink pusher, the life of the party. I was one of those who had the flip flops that say, uh, follow me, bring the wine. I had my, (laughs) I had my, you found me at Merlot shirt. I mean, my, everybody knew what to get me for Christmas. It was wine. Let me tell you, red wine. So I never, ever would have thought that I would have quit. Um, but flash forward through um, about with cancer, a my sister dying at age 50, um, and a lot of other things happening. And the alcohol had become more than just fun. It had become my source of numbing and how to deal with my stressful job at the end of the day. Um, and my granddaughter was born. 
in 2017 and she started spending the night with me. And, you know, I remember one night I had had, you know, two, maybe I was on my third glass of wine and I thought, oh my gosh, what if something happened? What if I needed to get up and take her or do something? And it may, it gave me pause and it made me say, is this really healthy? Is this what I want to do? And it also made me say, you know, my sister died young. My mom died young. Am I, what am I doing to myself here? This is not healthy. The other piece of it was, as you know, with alcohol, it's not just the drinking alcohol. It, it's, I didn't, my fitness goals weren't there. I was packing on the weight. I, you know, you don't, who feels like going to the gym after a couple glasses of wine? Who feels like prepping a meal? Let's just order the pizza, right? <laughs> I mean, so right. it was the combination. Um, and so I decided in 2018, I decided, I saw the ad, you know, the uh, one year, no beer ad popped up. And of course, at this point I'm Googling, you know, all the articles to find out how good um, red wine is for you. Because I was trying to convince myself that, you know, yeah, it's good. It's good for your heart. Hey, I'm a nurse. I know better, but you know, Hey, what, maybe there's a new study, something new that's going to tell me (laughs) that uh, it's good for me now. Um, but I knew it wasn't. So anyway, the ad popped up and I ignored it like everyone does for quite some time. <clears throat> and then finally, one day I just said, you know, I had tried the moderation. I had tried to quit. And I'm kind of like, you know, most people, when you tell me I can't have something or when, even when I tell myself, oh, you can't have that. Guess what you want? You want it more and more. So I decided uh, August of 2018, I was going to take a break, the 28 days. So that's what I did. I got on and, you know, I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. When I say I'm going to do something, I just got right in there and I white knuckled my way for 28 days. Oh, only 27 days till I can drink. Only 26. I mean, all, <laughs> no intention of, of quitting or really even changing my relationship. Just trying to prove to myself that, hey, I'm okay. I can quit. And I did. And on the 29th day, I had a what you guys over there call a hen party, or we call girls weekend. And I got trashed and ended up throwing up. So I'm like, okay, well, that didn't help me one bit, did it? So rock forward to January of 2019, I had been back and forth with my weight, my diet, my, I was frustrated with myself. I was angry that I couldn't just cut back like everybody said. And I decided I needed a longer break. And so I went for the 90 days and oh my goodness, I, it was tough. It, I mean, it was really tough, but the tribe was, we call it the tribe, (laughs) but the people on there were just wonderful. I got the daily emails and then I got the support from different people who were in the same struggle or who had already seen the other side. And it was such an encouragement. And I just pushed through. I bought a ton of quit lit, you know, the literature about quitting alcohol. I did all the things that to do to, to make myself uh, get through it. And by the time I got to 90, I was like, you know, it's probably not enough. So I bumped up to the 365. And here I am almost four years later, and I haven't had a sip or a blip. And oh my goodness, that's where the journey starts because my life, has completely changed. 
Oh, that's just wonderful to hear. I mean, it's what a journey, but the journey of self-discovery. And I, I've got so many things I want to ask of, of, based on what you said there. You know, the, first of all, the, the perception of, of drinking and hu- anyone's perception of drinking, anyone who, who kind of tries to look at their drinking and they justify it. Yeah, well, two and three glasses a night, that's nothing. Yes, but there you are with your grandchild or any sort of responsibility that will come your way it would take you out completely. So even that one or two or three glasses becomes kind of a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. But then even as a nurse yourself, you're like Googling, trying to find all these reasons why it's good. But the Italians do it, right? The French and the Spanish, they can't be that bad, right? Just like, I, you know, I've like researched everything I need to know about dark, uh, chocolate is good for you also, because we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll try and find reasons. And right. there's always going to be an article or someone to back up this narrative that you want, but it's that narrative in your mind that we need to be curious about, right? Why is this so important to it? Why are we trying to back this up, right? Yeah, it's so true. And I think, I think that's, you know, when, whenever we try to make changes that are difficult, it's, it's, we want to fight against that. We want to stay in the status quo. We don't want to move outside of our comfort zone. And, Quitting alcohol was kind of like the catalyst for me. It was, I had to go through and it was really tough. The emotions, the suppressed grief, the PSTD, the anxiety, the anger, all the emotions that I had kind of been numbing with my, you know, alcohol um, and had to get through that, you know, between books and therapy and just the try, you know, community, everything that I could do to get through it. And then I started on a self-development journey saying, what is it that I want to do? Wow. If I can quit this, I've changed my life. Well, then the pandemic hit and I lost my big job. And so I was working all these hours. It was so stressful, but I was like, do I really want to go back into that? And that's when I started looking at what I really loved about my jobs. So as a healthcare leader for years, my favorite part of my job was mentoring and teaching and training and helping people get into the right place. And so I became a coach and I said, you know, this was a kind of a natural transition. Um, and then I developed the my Bliss Beyond the Buzz, which is my little coaching Facebook page. Uh, and I started on my book and just all kinds of things. And I mean, I never dreamed that I would be stay on this path, number one. My whole goal was just to reset my tolerance <laughs> and get my moderation in gear. But honestly, for me, once I got to, I think it was like day 172, I, for the first time, quit white knuckling and realized how much better I felt. I was sleeping better. I was my, you know, it was easier to keep my fitness goals. I wasn't, uh, my heart rate went from 84, resting heart rate of 84 down to 52. I mean, all those health benefits that you don't even realize. I talk about diarrhea. You know, I had cancer in 2011 and I thought that it was diarrhea all the time was the residual from my cancer. Turns out it was alcohol. (laughs) So it's amazing what, what it'll do for you. I can't guarantee you, you you won't ever have diarrhea if you quit drinking, but you'll definitely feel better. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but this is some really good insights and all those health benefits. But another thing, because you being a nurse and having a lot of experience in the health field, when we look at people, people know the benefit. They know it's going to make them feel better. They know they would, you know, drinking causes them to eat more unhealthy, be less active. And people know this. And so yet people don't do it. So what I would love to kind of acknowledge of what you said there, talk about your struggles, talk about your survival of, of some really uh, grim home, home situation, home life, I was going to say, you know, you, you've gone through some really traumatic times in your life. And so I would just honor you to be brave and just speak up about that. But I would also say that this is going to be very inspirational to a lot of people who are listening, who are having a personal struggle, having a really tough time, maybe potentially being in a situation where they don't see an out or they they don't know even where to start. So I would love to hear that from you, like a little take on what words of wisdom do you have to anyone listening who might be in this impossible situation right now where they just don't know what to do next? Do you have any words of wisdom for those I think I think for for me the um the most important thing is that we need to start looking at our our values and our lives um individually. So I think for a lot of us we especially our society is very much um they reward people who get into the office early, who put go to school and put a lot of initials behind their name, who work late, who work two jobs, who have tons of activities going. Um, and then there's the caring for your, your spouse, and there's the caring for your children, then there's caring for your, your parents. I mean, if you look at it, it's not just women, men too, but we, we, have, we tend to put everyone else first. We are busy, busy, busy with our lives. And you get, I mentioned being the frog in the pot, but sometimes you don't even realize how your life is. And if you stop for a minute, and that's what a lot of times I do in my, in my coaching is say, what is it that you value? And what do you want out of life? Because a lot of times we're so busy on the treadmill of life, we don't even ask ourselves that question. But I guarantee when you stop and ask yourself the question, and for me, I would have said, oh, it's my family. Oh, it's my health. Oh, it's my, you know, my community. It's my, all these things. But was I living the life to in line with those values? No, I was working 60 plus. I was coming home and having drinks. I was, I mean, I wasn't taking care of myself. So I think to me, the, the first start, no matter whether you're in a bad relationship with a person or with a substance or whatever it is, ask yourself, is this what I want? What am, you know, we only get one life. And I think a lot of times we push to just think that when we retire or when so-and-so happens or when, but life's over. And, you know, with my mom and my sister, they were in their fifties when they died. I mean, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. So look at where you are today. Is this the way you want to live your life? And if the answer to that is no, then you have to make the change. You have to have the courage to make the change. And it is the hardest thing you will do, but it is the best thing. I tell you, it, being able to get away from the toxic uh, relationship, 
um, and getting off the alcohol. Uh, I've been able to make some what people may consider selfish choices. But you know what, Jen? It's not selfish. Self-care and self-preservation is not selfish. It's it's yeah. what we have to do. And mm-hmm. at the end of our lives, on our deathbed, what are we going to say? We wish we had worked harder. We wish we had stayed in that negativity. We wish we had drank more alcohol. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, quite right. But that, you know, you touched there a little bit on like the societal pressure, the work that we get in, you know, the expectations. And, and it is intense. Like there is this almost unwritten life for us how life is supposed to be and and so what we we do is is we do have a choice but we might not feel like we do because we're just following the same patterns that you know generational patterns of the how parents worked and then how their how their parents were and you know when we just take that moment and realize no this is still a choice i have a choice everyone has a choice doesn't matter what field you're in there's always a choice and the choice needs to be you and right. so as a mom or as a parent, right, like we're always so far down the priority list. Like there is there is the word, <laughs> there's family, kids, or if you don't have kids, there's something else. There's always these obligations, there's work. And then so far down the list is us. By the time we get there, there's, there's nothing left. So what do we right. do? Uh, self-soothe. And as an adult, we usually don't suck our thumb or use a pacifier. We, we You know, there will be the drink, which is kind of that thing of, which is why you hear so many people. I just feel like it's the reward at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah. so this is another thing that really, I'm sure you've heard that yourself so much about that reward. Oh, I just feel like I need to reward myself. Mm-hmm. So us humans have somehow told ourselves that this is a reward to a point that we actually see it as a reward. And we do that knowing fully that this is going to hurt us. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it is crazy. And you know, I I, I kind of liken it to the tobacco. And you're you're pretty young, but you know, back in my day, we had cigarette commercials, you know, and and people in the hospital smoked, everybody smoked. And they they promoted it, thought it was great. The tobacco industry was killing us in the droves. And today, I think mm-hmm. alcohol is becoming, people are becoming aware, at least, and thanks to your organization and, and others um, out there taunting, look, it there are other ways, but our society has put so much pressure on the the social aspect of drinking, it's almost unheard of not to drink, or at least that is changing now. But it, in the past, if you didn't drink, what was wrong with you? You must be a bad alcoholic or you must, you know, what you poor thing, you can't drink. Like you said, like it's a reward. And I think we have to figure out for ourselves these stories that we tell ourselves because we inherit these stories from wherever. And we tell ourselves these things. And then until we challenge those beliefs, we can't change them. And Mm. so challenging the belief that alcohol is a reward, challenging a belief that you are always going to be overweight because your family was, or that you're no good at this because somebody told you were no good at this. Give yourself Mm. the chance to challenge those stories. Is that true? Maybe Mm. it was true for a minute, Maybe it was something someone told you that was never true. And yet you've mm. held on to these negative beliefs and lived half your life under these false beliefs when, like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, you had the power all along. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that we offer loads more support? 
Yes, I'm talking about time with coaches, Zooms, meeting other people, locking eye to eye, meeting awesome OIMBers who are on the same inspiring journey as you. All of those things are available in AFM. We created AFM as a close, small community that is really there to help people master changing the relationship with alcohol. So if you're looking for a little bit more support, you want to meet more OYMBers, or you just want to take your alcohol-free journey to the next level, then check out oneyearnobeer.com forward slash AFM. And if you put in the discount code PODCAST10, capital letters, podcast 10 will get you 10% discount of joining AFM. Having that courage to challenge our, our beliefs, you know, some of our core beliefs are actually not our own. They are, I call them, um, I call them generational hand-me-downs. Like the, you know, when it's just beliefs that comes from your family, from your surroundings when you grow up, which was kind of placed upon you to poor, you know, to a, fault that you just think that this is who you are because this is all that you know same thing goes with how your family celebrated how your family dealt with stress or grief or anything like that and I would say that that's such a big part of of who we are today that we might not even realize it so so dare to question that and I think I find that in coaching a lot of people feel like oh well that feels like I'm you know, I'm going against my family. And it's not about that at all, but it's about discovering what your beliefs are. What, how do you want to deal with, with stress? How do you want this generational, you know, patterns to continue? Yeah. And I mean, especially with domestic violence, we see that that is one of the patterns that is very, very uh, difficult to break. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. see it repeated. Um, alcoholism is another the repeated pattern, um, high stress, a lot of these patterns are repeated. It's just exactly what you said, that we, we, we see it and so we do it because we don't know any different. And if we don't challenge, look for a different way or mm-hmm. find help to break those patterns and change, um, then we're, we're doomed to repeat it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's mm-hmm. how it works. So I, I think that, I think for me, there were lots of, you know, lots of steps along the way. Like I said, the journey is is uh, never uh, just a straight line and easy. Uh, but every every step you take and everything that happens, you learn from. You try to grow. Uh, being where I am today, I can say that I'm not. I'm I'm perfectly imperfect, and that I definitely have learned to value who I am. I change the things that I can, um, and I have made a ton of changes in my life positive changes. Uh, but there's plenty I still need to work on and that's okay uh, because we're, we're never going to be perfect. And being able to accept that is, is a huge part of being able to let go of some of this pressure that we feel around us. I love that. Daring to be imperfect, you know, (laughs) daring to break the norm, daring to break what we think society expects of us. And, and kind of learning to listen to our own intuition. Be more selfish, simply. You yes. Know, we, want, we want to be more selfish. Yes. There's nothing wrong with a bit of selfishness. And, uh, you know, if it means us prioritizing, prioritizing ourselves and our health, right? Right. Well, you know, the, you know what the airline stewardess always says, right? You've got to put the oxygen mask on first. And, 
It, it is really true. When you are drained, and at the end of the day, you mentioned it a little earlier about not, at the end of the day, there's nothing left for you. And mm. that's how I think we rock on in society. And that's how we get in the rut of whether it's alcohol or, you know, drugs or shopping or whatever our, our addiction or our <laughs> comfort measure is. We just rock on with that and don't even question it because we have no energy left for ourselves. And I think that's part of this message is you are worth it. You don't have to stay in this negative situation. Um, You can, you can make a change. You can help get some help. You can get involved in communities like yours and you can get, get some bunch of books out there, uh, you know, that, that, people have gone and had this journey and shared it. That's why I wrote my book. I, um, I shared my story about, you know, my abusive marriage, about my cancer journey, about my grieving with my mom and my sister. So it's kind of like my life story. And then I walked through on the second half about how my journey with alcohol and how I changed and what it's made a, such a difference for me. And I, I know it sounds also, you know, hip, hippy dippy or whatever. Oh, she changed. She quit alcohol and now she's this or whatever. But it it was the catalyst. That's all. I'm not saying that it, it you know, it's not you quit drinking and your life becomes perfect. My life's not perfect by any means, but it did give me a lot of courage and it has helped me face things head on and ask myself questions and question these values and these decisions that, like you said, have been made for me. Why do I need to go to a stressful job and and with all these letters behind my name every day until I die? Is that what I have to do because I need this amount of money and I need this kind of car and this kind of house and this kind of designer bag? Maybe not. You know, I lost my job. The Amazon packages quit coming. (laughs) And I, I mean, you know what? People survive. So, yeah, yeah. It, if through adversity we grow, right? I think a lot of us have gotten way too comfortable with life. I mean, we were rattled for a period of time, but now we're back to normal. It seems, and you know, life discontinues. We forget all that. We forget how strong we are and how we are good at really dealing with adversity, and and how good we are are at togetherness. And I think to some extent that there's still great togetherness in the world. I just wish that the world can hold on to you know the importance of it and the connection, importance of connection and to not lock ourselves up and and disappear off and and not reach out when we need help because this is another thing that we see so much is people people come from you know wanting to change a habit or something that they're not happy with but they're they don't even take the steps because they're they feel shame there's enormous amount of shame so they don't want to reach out and talk to people they don't want to they don't want to show their weakness they don't want to show themselves vulnerable and and that we're not perfect, right? And so I, I would say that in the community of One Year No Beer, we've really seen this blossom with people just stepping into their power. And our community, I mean, I would love to hear you your kind of take on on our community that you're very much part of in the sense of as a as a safe space to be vulnerable vulnerable and and share your struggles and how it's met in there and how it's dealt with and, and how it's kind of facilitated in there. Tell do you want to tell your. Oh yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I couldn't, I would have never been able to make it without the community. I mean, I, at, at 
at, if you if you go back and look in the archives at 2019, January, February, I probably posted every day. I mean, I remember being um, in in Finland at, at a at a dinner with my husband, and the wine was just going around the table. I I don't know, maybe I was 60 days in, maybe it was even longer. But I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't, I I can't. That lady just kept bringing me a new glass. You know, here you want the gl- wine, and she kept coming with the. Oh, you don't have a glass? I'm like, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. <laughs> but it just kept happening over and over, and I just remember sitting there thinking, this is horrible. And I actually got on my phone and made sent a message help i'm over here i told the the true the uh group what i was doing and within minutes i had floods of you know do this uh order this tell them that do you know all kinds of advice and support um it, it to me it has been such a loving and i've made some good friends online haven't met anybody in person but made some good online friends uh that i'm still in contact with uh even outside of of the one year no beer and i celebrate people's victories and you know every person who struggles i you know and you can get sucked down with all the social media obviously you can't be on it all the time but i tell you the cool thing about the community is because we are so diverse and we're so big and we're so, uh, there are so many countries, so many time zones. It doesn't matter when you post, a, uh, somebody's going to respond. Somebody's there for you. Um, and it, it's, to me, it has been a very nurturing, very loving community. Uh, you know, when you get a bunch of people, you're going to have drama. That's how it goes. It, it's like that forever. <laughs> I tend to not I tend not to even, you know, I don't get involved in that at all. So, mm. um, but I, I just, I think, you know, it is what you make it, it just like mm. anything else, what you put in is what you get out. If you post and you become a, I've seen a lot of people like, I don't want to say rise to be a star, but you know, you can say their name and people know who they are because they've mm. got their own little niche in the community or, Hey, they always post about this or, you know, so-and-so has been struggling with that or so it's, it's kind of got a life of its own. Um, and it, it's especially, I think if you, at the beginning, when you make the decision and I hope you do, whoever's listening, I hope you do make the decision to give it a try. It can't, I mean, if you don't like the way you feel after 30, 60, 90 days, whatever, alcohol-free, go back to drinking. You're free to, but give it a try. And during that time, if you use the community and you follow the advice and go in and post and be vulnerable. What you said, Jen, we so, we so often protect ourselves and don't want to share our stories. We have the persona that we are a certain way and a certain class and a certain this. Um, and I think, you know, even putting out my story has been scary because, you know, Mm. not everyone's going to relate, not everyone's going to appreciate. Um, but, maybe it will help people. And that at the end of the day is what I, you know, what I'm, why I did it and what it's about. It's sharing. It's kind of like when you get a bargain, <laughs> it's something great. You know, you, I mean, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, you won't believe what you, if, if you have this, if you stop alcohol, look what, look what happened to you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And you want to share that. Um, mm. And not everybody gets that. And that's okay. Because there was many, many years of my life where 
I would have thought you you crazy girlfriend. I ain't never gonna quit drinking. So I you you know I would have never ever. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have heard it, but there was a point in my life when I was ready to hear it. Um, and mm. there's somebody you know today. I know there's so many of us out there that need to hear this and need to be encouraged that it doesn't have to be forever. It can yeah. be for a period of time. But give it a try. If you, I always say this, uh, if you are thinking that you're probably drinking too much, you are. You just are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like what you said there, it's it's so important that, you know, people might see OMB ads or like advice on drinking, but if they're not ready, they're not going to see it or it's not going to be important. Just like anyone listening to this, if they're not ready, then they're going to listen to another couple of podcasts. But some people that are listening who have been like, no, this is why it's so important to have amazing humans like yourself up here, you know, that we can, we can tell everyone till the cows come home that our program (laughs) is life-changing. Come and do this. You know, people like they're just trying to sell us stuff. So Mm. when we hear people like yourself who've gone through this and you know, this, this is, this is the good stuff. So this is what people will relate to. So thank you so much for, for sharing so openly and so vulnerably. Um, so would you like to mention your book? First of all, like the, the, I don't know enough about this book. So tell us a little bit. So, and, and if, um, if people are curious to, to track it down. Yeah. It's uh, called finding bliss beyond the buzz and it's available on Amazon and, um, if you know, other bookstores as well. But again, it's just really, it's my, my story, kind of like my life story. So I go into some detail about the abuse and how I got out and I walk through my cancer journey. I walk through, um, a lot of grief and then I really go through the alcohol and let you see <laughs> kind of what happened and how I went through. I certainly mentioned, um, one year, no beer, you know, throughout about how it helped me and and supported me. Um, And then what I'm doing today, which is, you know, coaching and trying to share my passion of living a healthy, alcohol-free life. Uh, And I guess, I, I guess that is what it's all about is when you do find something that has worked for you, I say in there, you may, it may not work for you, but this is what works for me. And until you try, you don't know. So it may work for someone else. I've had several people who have actually written me or sent me messages and said, you know, I quit drinking because I read your book. So, wow, that makes me feel so good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's incredible. And, and thank you for doing that because you will be part of this quit lit group that you that what that you once turned to because this is what we say to people it's not just about signing up to 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 a non-drinking program where you're just like i'm gonna do this day you need to immerse yourself just like in coaches read everything that is that relates to you like figure out what you need and like literally lather yourself in it right um and you really did and and look what you did look what on the back of it look what you created (laughs) and and kind of continued and what we love so much about people who come in to run you know beer four years later they're still this passionate about us and like they still show up and they're 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 kind of paying it forward and like Mm helping out and it's so beautiful so i just want to thank take an opportunity to thank you for that we really appreciate that but i also want anyone listening to this i want you to look janet's stuff up go and have a look and see what she does and remind me whereabouts 
in the world that you are? Oh, I live in Southwest Florida. So one of Perfect. our, one of our reschedules was because of the hurricane. So yeah. I, <laughs> we've had no. one thing after another. I've been so excited to, to actually get on here, uh, because you know, it has been such a game changer for me. And yeah, I think that, um, make, making, making it, immersing yourself is so important. We are bombarded every day with Mm. drink messages. I mean, I would love to do, I I thought about taking pictures just one after another. If you go shopping, there's always, you know, like I said, you had me at Merlot, there's just five o'clock somewhere. It is just constant bombardment and even healthy events. It's like, okay, here's a run. Now have a beer afterwards. Oh, here's this. I'm like, what the heck, you know? So it, it, it's our society is you are just beat up with drink, 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 drink. So at the beginning and even on down the line, having a different community, having the, mm. the quit lit, have, reading as much as you can, listening to podcasts, listening to joining groups and doing things because you've got to combat all that other pressure, what goes in stays and you, you know, you're changed by it. So it's mm. very important that if you are looking to, to get off the alcohol for a little while, take a break from some of the other pressures and join mm. some of these groups and, and become participatory and, and read some books and do things that that's really helpful. Yeah. And as this podcast is released we're very much in the holiday kind of period right so let's talk about that quickly you know there's an enormous amount of pressure that comes with that I mean I I know from reading the posts in the communities people saying you know I've had all the intention to be alcohol free but my mother-in-law or my mother or my or my father or my grandma like everyone's just pressuring them so hard to a point Mm -hmm. where just like but I'm just gonna have I'm just gonna have a glass just to like to shut them up right. you know yeah. and, and so this is coming like this is like yep. but it's christmas but it's christmas and so i always urge people to remember that they still have a choice and and the, if we give into that people always say oh i was triggered i you know this person or that situation and I always say, no, you need to own your own stuff. This is not <laughs> anyone else's doing, right? We need Ooh. to get like gear ourselves. And that, that people get really like, well, you know, I'm not ah, ready to you're hardcore. Yeah, I know. You're hardcore. <laughs> I am hardcore. Yeah. People know me as a tough love coach, but this is what I know. Like no one's else, like, you still have the choice, you know, remember that. And at, it might not work the first time or second time, <clears throat> pardon, or the third time. But maybe the fourth time, maybe like plant that seed of always knowing that you have a choice and own your decision because otherwise we're always going to feel like life happens to us, right? Yeah, and you know that as so a coach true. yourself, it's like nothing ever happens to us. It happens for us, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I think it is it is a tough time. I'll have to admit. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I didn't, you know, a lot of people want to wait until January to, to start their alcohol free. And that's what I did. And I, I. Who who knows how much I drank the <laughs> that December, knowing that I was going to try to quit again in January. You don't have to, and there mm. are choices. I was one of those drink pushers. I said it earlier that I was one of those people that I wanted everyone around me to drink as much as I did. Made me feel mm. better, and that's yeah. why I think so many times it's like, come on, have a drink, because when we're not drinking, 
we're shedding a light on those people that are, and they're having to look at themselves and say, gosh, wow, I'm, I, am I drinking? You know, they're having to look at themselves in their own relationship with alcohol and no one wants to do that. I sure as heck didn't. I wanted everybody around the table, whether you drank or not tonight, you're drinking, you with me. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it right. was, uh, yeah. So and, th- but, th- and this is society how it works, though. Like this, yeah. because is that togetherness? Come on, we're we're together in this. Don't make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and I think that's really the goal, uh, at least for I think for all of us is not we don't necessarily say we're not trying to. I don't care if people drink. If you choose to drink and you're happy with your relationship with alcohol and that's what you want to do, that's fine. But what I don't want or what I would love to see is I'd love to see everybody accepted. Okay. If I choose not to drink, then don't look at me like something's wrong with me. Don't push me to drink. Don't question why I'm drinking. Let's all make our own decisions. And I think that is a wonderful place. You would never, if I was hooked on cocaine, my family wouldn't say, hey, well, just cut down to one line. You know, don't, I mean, but (laughs) And yeah. yet, and yet that's yeah. how it feels. Why, why are you, you, Janet, that's a little hardcore. That's extreme. Why are you going to completely quit mm. alcohol? Why don't you just cut back? You know, for me, that's what works. And for yeah. me, that's what's helped. And I think giving everybody and respecting people's choices, I respect your choice. If you want to drink respect mine, if I don't. And now we have a lot of AF alternatives. I think there's a lot more people in the sober community. So, Hey, we're making a difference. I love that. Janet, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Keep on inspiring. And for those of you who are curious about Janet's book, it's uh, finding bliss beyond the buzz by Janet White. Please check it out. Where can they find this amazing book? Uh, it's on it's on Amazon. It's actually under uh, under Janet Fugate. So it's under my name. So but okay, yeah. there you go. Well, that's good. Thank you so much. Keep on Thank inspiring. You. We appreciate you so much. And uh, we will reconnect at some point to have a little update, see how you get getting all on. Right. Thank you. Sounds and good. Thank to you. all of y'all listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. And we'll see you back here next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.